0: says that uh, the soul that sins, it shall surely die. Uh, The wages of sin is death.
1: God sent his son to pay that debt, and when the son died, justice was satisfied.
0: The truth is offensive. The truth is offensive. The gospel is offensive. sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. That's John chapter 10 verses 27 through 30. What's going on guys and welcome back to another episode of that Good Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Arnett. I'm here with the Popeye's chicken sandwich loving Seth Carter.
1: What's up, guys? Hope you all are having a good day or a good night or a good morning. And Marcus, I just got a confession to make. Mm -hmm. I repented of thinking Popeye's chicken sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A's.
0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, So we've received a lot of hate mail. From Seth's confession on uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich being better. And so it's it's glad that he's publicly I'm glad that he's publicly repented of that. Um actually I'm just kidding, we hadn't really received hate mail, but it's really a wonder that we haven't since Chick fil A's pretty much the you know, the king of the South.
1: Yeah, I just come to the point I just had to repent. Yeah. I just realized I was wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: And I pray that it was godly sorrow.
1: Well, <laughs> It was sorrow, but I don't know it was godly sorrow.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for listening back uh, with us here tonight, guys. Our episode tonight is on eternal security, which, Seth, as you know, is another controversial, much debated topic.
1: It is, in the ev- evangelical community. I think I said that right. <laughs> yeah, we'll give
0: that one to you. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into that here shortly. Um, this is episode number four. If you've not went back and listened be sure to go back and check out our other episodes. But before we get any farther, we want to take a second and give a shout out to the Narrowgate Boutique, our sponsor. Our website for that is narrowgateboutique.etsy.com. And also want to make mention that um, if you order anything from Narrowgate Boutique, you get twenty percent off if you use the code Good Medicine on your order. So that's pretty cool. Go and buy thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I'm not saying that because my wife's the owner. Just kidding. Yes, I am. Um, So, yeah, go check that out. Um, So, before we get any further, let's do a little uh, question here for you, Seth. All right. What do you got? If you were famous for something, what would it be?
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Hmm. Besides... I'd say probably my accent. Your
0: accent. You think yeah. you could do, like, voiceovers for cartoons or something, or just having a kind of... No, back?
1: Marcus, I'm pretty much saying I have a really white trash accent.
0: It's the Greg Holler drip. It's the Greg Holler drip. That's it's what, it is. Is what I, it is, bro. I can't say much. Mine's pretty bad, too.
1: This this stop. Not compared to mine.
0: <laughs> I guess if I was uh, to be famous for something, I would. it would probably be on a blooper reel somewhere, just doing an epic fail, like... Uh, One of these blooper reels where they've got of people falling and stuff, I tend to be pretty good at that. Or, what was you going to say?
1: I was going to say, you tend to have a lot of accidents. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty uh, clumsy to say the least. But another thing I thought of that I may be famous for is I could be a hand model for QVC.
1: A hand model? Yeah, what do you
0: think about that? No. (laughs) You you (laughs) think my hands are not good enough? They're too pale. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take it in stride. So. Um, Obviously, we're not famous (laughs) by any means, uh, especially by our 192 total listeners. (laughs) Uh, So the same core group of people that are still listening to us at this point, we just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully, uh, at some point, some more people listen in, but we want to thank you for tuning in and joining us. And As we said before, uh, we'll talk about a lot of different doctrinal things, uh, a lot of theology, and then a lot of... Uh, topics that could be controversial or much debated. Uh, that being said, tonight's episode, we're going to talk about the doctrine of eternal security. So, what, Seth, when you hear that, um, can a Christian truly lose their salvation?
1: Well, the simple answer and fast answer is no. Mm-hmm. I mean, a Christian cannot lose their salvation. But I would say this, somebody that's truly born again mm-hmm. cannot lose their salvation. Tonight, what we're talking about is we're not saying you could tip your hat to god or shake the preacher's hand or accept a few warm fuzzy facts about Jesus and go mm-hmm. on your merry way and be saved we're talking about biblical lordship salvation
0: right? yeah so the opposite of the lordship salvation you're talking about would be like a easy believism which is basically like say a prayer um, you said a prayer you shook the preacher's hand you know, uh, yeah, those you type re- things.
1: Yeah, you raise your hand in a revival meeting, or you walk the aisle, this and that, here and there. You just you pray this prayer, and you are good to go to heaven one day. Pretty much, is what I am speaking of. Yeah, somebody that's recited
0: a prayer and they've never uh, changed. There is no change in their life.
1: There is no change, them, No desire for the things of God. No new relationship with sin. Mm-hmm. No evidence of being born again. That's easy believism. Yeah, and
0: so there's no there's no fruit in their life. You don't actually, uh, if if you're somebody that's believed easy believism that you've said a prayer and you're good to go, but at the same time you still love your sin, uh, you still hate God, but you believe because you've said a prayer one time at a at a Bible school or something that you're actually good to go. That's easy believism.
1: Yeah. Really, you have a false view of God that's made up in your mind, that Mm -hmm. you're okay, and it's just not the gospel we see preached in the Bible, and it's not the salvation we see once somebody is uh, born again in the Bible. Yeah,
0: so speaking of uh, losing your salvation, just kind of a
1: background on me,
0: and Seth, you can tell about yourself, but uh, for many years I believed um, in the doctrine that you could lose your salvation. Um, and I still have many friends and family that believe this way, and I love them. And we're not here to speak ill of them or uh, talk like that they're stupid or anything like that. But we want to address um, salvation and look at it through the scriptures, and that's that's what we're going at here with this tonight.
1: It is, and I was raised free will bab this for a little bit. I was in church growing up, and six months into my conversion, I. Uh, believe that you could fall away that you could backslide and go to hell pretty much and the doctrine of eternal security is the first doctrine i studied in the bible i wish i spent more time studying the uh, the person of jesus christ Mm -hmm. and the trinity or something like that now that i look back at it but really what I was so worried about was if I can lose my salvation, what can I do to avoid it? Pretty much. You're working to keep yourself saved, Exactly. Instead of depending on the power of God to keep you saved, Mm -hmm. you're dependent upon yourself.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the most common thing that you'll hear when you say, I believe in eternal security is somebody that doesn't uh, believe in that. They'll say, well, you're just giving people a license to sin, which is antinomianism.
1: Yeah. That's what they refer to. They don't, necessarily know the term you know when you mention that yeah but they refer to that and they think well you just have a license to sin you could do whatever you want to and pretty much just think that you could just still go to heaven Mm -hmm. but that's not what the gospel says in the bible yeah and paul speaks about it in romans 6 uh, verses 1 and 2
0: when he says what shall we say then are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase should we keep on sinning just because we have grace now and he says may it never be or even in the king james says god forbid how shall it be we who died to sin still live in it so that's a uh, a strong statement that we hold to as people who believe in eternal security um we don't believe that you're just going to go out and live a life full of sin just because that you're saved
1: oh no not at all your nature has been changed. That's the thing. You're a new creature or a new creation in Christ, and you don't desire the things you once desired. You still have a fallen sin nature. We're not saying you don't struggle with sin, but what we're saying is you have a new relationship with sin. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's it's not that we're signing off on people to just go out and live a wicked life because I, we don't truly believe that somebody that's really been born again will desire those things. It doesn't mean that we don't mess up, we don't fail, we don't fall short because we do. Um, So, people, some people will say, "Well, if you sin after you're saved, then that's when you lose your salvation." Well, we're sinning on the day, minutes after we're saved, after we're converted, because that's we still have a sin nature.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I was even asked the person that says that if you sin, Danny, have you loved the Lord God? with all your heart soul mind strength Mm -hmm. because nobody could ever do that perfectly so you're really a constant uh, in a constant state of sin yeah and I know a lot of people don't like to hear that but you're sinning daily you're sinning every minute more Mm -hmm. than likely you're in a constant uh, state of sin always yeah that's true Um, and so that's why
0: we need Christ that's why uh, Christ is important and you talked about lordship salvation Um, knowing who jesus is through the scripture and the promises that between god the father god the son and that are given to us as believers in scripture and there's many scriptures that we'll we can get into for that um, but there's a lot of things that, that we'll hear as um, an argument for uh, somebody saying that you can lose your salvation we'll get to some of those scriptures here shortly um, but as far as uh, somebody that can lose their salvation after they become a christian we believe that the scripture truly teaches that it's not possible and if they do if somebody it, we, it's funny because we always hear when you talk to somebody they say um well i know so and so and they were in church and they were on fire for god and then all of a sudden they they fell into this great sin they have never been back to church then um, and so it's always an experience that we hear uh, people that will talk about others that have done that without really examining it with scripture uh, and so First John 2 and 19 tells us that they went out from us because they were not of us. That's a big important point to make there. They went oh, yeah. out from us because they were not of us.
1: That's actually a scripture I had pulled up. And that just goes to show you they wasn't true believers in the first place. Yeah,
0: it, it even goes on to say that in the rest of verse 19. It says, for if they had been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might make, be made manifest. Be made manifest that they were not of us.
1: Yeah, that right there is just a clear definition of what happens when somebody says they were saved mm-hmm. and goes back out and departs from mm-hmm. the faith. And
0: we're not saying that that people don't fall into that in seasons of their life. Sanctification is a messy, messy process in our life as a believer. Uh, but we believe that somebody that never truly comes back to God was a false comfort. That's what sure. we would call. Them. And that's what the Bible clearly teaches. There
1: there was many of them in there. Sure.
0: Um, so let's talk about some of the um, scriptures that people would use to say, well, this verse right here teaches that you can lose your salvation. What's one you would you would give us?
1: I'd say Hebrews chapter 6 would be the one that most people go to when they go against the doctrine of eternal security. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a hard one for uh, most people that believe the doctrine of eternal
0: Eternal security. Yeah. It's got a lot of Old Testament language in it.
1: It does, and you have to know the Old Testament, but it's one of the hardest ones to defend for people that believe in the doctrine of eternal security or the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. But Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, it's lengthy, but I need to read it all for it to make sense. And it starts out with this, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of instruction about washing and laying on of hands and about the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and this we will do if God permits and this right here is where people start pulling from for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good work of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they again crucify to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame for ground that drinks the rain which often falls on it and produces vegetation useful to those for though, for whose sake it is also tilled receives a blessing from God, but if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. Yeah, now, that's a lot of scripture, and it's a. You first read that verse, you think, "My oh my, what am I doing? How could I defend eternal security?" When yeah. you read that, it's clear too. Um at
0: first glance, reading through that, when you see for those that had once been enlightened, once they've tasted the heavenly gift, been made partakers of the Holy Spirit, once they've been enlightened, um, and they've fallen away, and it says it is impossible to renew them again to repent, since they again crucify themselves the Son of God and put Him to open shame. So when you first read that, I mean that's that's what comes to your mind.
1: It comes to your mind, but you have to realize the author is describing the apostates of verses. Four through in verses 4 through eight in terms of their profession and the blessings they appeared to share with genuine believers up to the moment of their apostasy
0: mm-hmm. so these were people that were around believers around those that were in the church at the time they maybe looked apart walked the walk talked to talk uh, as we hear now in a lot of fundamental circles act right, walk right, dress right, talk right, those type of things, but they were not truly uh, Christians.
1: Yeah, I would say that, and this scripture here stresses that nobody is saved by mere profession of faith, Mm -hmm. that many people put up a good show of faith without ever truly having it, and that those who profess faith without uh, possessing it are in this view here. Mm -hmm. These who fall away demonstrate that their faith was never real in the first place yeah.
0: so kind of going back to 1 John 2 that we read earlier yeah. they went out from us because they were not of us so that's yes. false converts that it's talking about uh, there in Hebrews and like Seth said that's a, a very common one um, that most would go to to say "Oh, I, I could lose my salvation because of this scripture here uh, but it's important to realize that those that are in Christ there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ
1: yeah you're not going to have God contradict himself at all you're not going to have God saying, uh, give them eternal life, they shall never perish, and all of a sudden you see a verse that says that right there, and think, well, you could lose your salvation here and there. No, when you have a scripture that you're not completely 100% about, you need to look at one that's more clear, yeah. like the one in John 10. That's completely clear. Yeah. It says, never perish yeah. never means never last time i checked
0: yeah for sure and that's what i was going to go back and and read through that verse in john 10 again just to refute that argument that hebrews somebody would say hebrews says you can lose your salvation but jesus himself said in john 10 my sheep that's the important part yeah. His sheep hear his voice and he knows them and they follow him and he says, I've given them eternal life. Eternal means forever. Yeah. Um, so that, that in itself is enough. Eternal means that it'll never cease. Um, and it's, he says, that, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So, an argument that we hear with that verse of scripture is people will say, well, no no man's able to pluck us out of the father's hand and they'll say amen to that. But then they'll say, but, but we can walk away and not realizing what they're saying in that is that we have more power in ourselves than God, the father and God, the son, because we're in Christ and Christ is in God and we are secure in that. So to say that um, no man's able to plug us out of the father's hands, but we can walk away on our own, our own will or whatever you want to say is false because that's a a if if god was like that then the bible contradicts it he would contradict himself in the scripture and we know clearly that he doesn't do that
1: no we know that but saying that you could walk away from your salvation being truly saved is saying that you have more power than god Mm -hmm. and that's ridiculous It's
0: putting yourself in the place of god basically yeah so that's that's uh, you know refuting the the verse in Hebrews. I know there's another verse in Hebrews in Hebrews ten that's commonly used too. But is there any other verses that you'd throw out there? Seth, that well, commonly...
1: I've got about three more. But since we're in Hebrews, I just go to chapter ten, verse twenty six, and. Uh, Just a real quick statement. When we're reading the book of Hebrews, and this is where it sounds like common sense, we have to realize who it's written to. Each book's written to a certain group of people. That's true. And the book of Hebrews is obviously written to the Jews. The Mm -hmm. old covenant's passing away, the new covenant's coming in. And right here is where that scripture takes place. And it's uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. For if we go on sinning willfully. After receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Mm -hmm. Well, when you look at that scripture there, people want to say, well, willful sinning will send you to hell. That's Mm -hmm. one of the first things I hear people say. We've willful sinned. Every, every day sins willful i don't care what anybody yeah. says yeah
0: every every day since you've been saved you've willfully sinned ever, one way or another yeah
1: for, ever sins willful you know why because yeah. you have the holy spirit of god live inside of you telling you not to do it before you even do it that's true So ever sins willful but right here this is talking about having a willful sin uh sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth the mm-hmm. gospel that christ is the last sacrifice that he is the perfect atoning sacrifice that it's finished it's done and there remains no more sacrifice for sins yeah they you we're sacrificing go? stuff in a temple yeah for the re- um the rollback sins of course right. we know it didn't take them away yeah And that right there just shows you that if you reject Christ, there's no sacrifice for you. If you
0: reject Christ, there's no hope for you. Christ has came, the perfect sacrifice, Uh, once for all, the scripture says. He came as that sacrifice, and to say um, that there's another sacrifice for sins, as it says there, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. It's because Jesus Christ has came. And he is the perfect sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice. So that's what—that's how we would uh, refute Romans 10 and 26 saying, uh, if somebody were to say that that means you can lose your salvation because uh, when Christ died at Calvary, his the words that he said was, it is finished. Yeah. It's finished. There's no other sacrifice. The perfect has come.
1: Yeah, to su- just sum it up, and I've said it already pretty much, that was the Jews receiving the knowledge of the gospel that Christ was the perfect mm-hmm. atoning sacrifice yeah and they knew the knowledge of the truth and they rejected it he
0: came to his own and his own received him not
1: yes and that's what I would say about that verse
0: yeah and that's a good uh, a good way to refute uh, the scripture there and it says said um, God's not an author of confusion he's not going to go and contradict himself throughout the scriptures um, so if there's a uh, small passages of Scripture that may make you think you can lose your salvation, we should dig into the Scripture a little more and find...
1: And read around the Scripture. Read who he's talking to, Mm -hmm. who the book is written to, and read around the chapter, the chapter before and after, and see what's going on. Like we mentioned before, cherry-picking Scripture is a very dangerous thing, and it's what's caused a lot of false doctrines. But if you go to a context and search around there, You're gonna figure out what he's talking about. Yeah, we go ahead. And I mean, that saves you so much trouble when Mm. you have a good hermeneutic to approach Scripture. Yeah,
0: we should never just take a couple verses of Scripture and hang our whole belief on that. We should take it as a whole. Take the whole, as Seth said, read it in context. Who who was the was the book written to? What was going on during that time? And read it from that mindset and see Christ in that. And it'll clear up a lot of uh, questions that we have.
1: Yeah, we have to take the Bible as a whole. We can't just take this one verse here, one verse here, and mm-hmm. make our doctrine out of it. Yeah. It all has to be together. There's not Calvinistic verses here, and there's not Armenian verses here. Mm-hmm. They should just be all biblical verses
0: Yeah. And sometimes, we'll be honest to say that sometimes it's hard to reason certain scriptures, but that's why it's important to see the scripture and read the scripture and study the scripture as a whole and not just a little piece here and a little piece there. So what else you got on verses people used to say that you can lose your salvation?
1: Well, I'm just going to do go a few more because, I mean, if we was to go through all of them, we'd be here all night. Yeah. But Galatians chapter 5, um, in verse 5 it reads here, You have been severed from christ you who are seeking to be justified by law you have fallen from grace now you read that right there and you think oh my you have been severed from christ i cannot talk tonight marcus okay you who are seeking to be justified by law you have fallen from from grace now the greek word there for severed means to be separated all right The word for fall means to lose one's grasp on something. Paul's clear meaning is that any attempt to be justified by the law is to reject salvation by grace alone through faith alone. Those once exposed to the gracious truth of the gospel who then turn their backs on Christ and seek to be justified by the law are separated from Christ and lose all prospects of God's gracious salvation. Basically, right here, they desert the truth here and go to be circumcised or whatever they had in their traditions, apostates again.
0: Yeah, and you can um, refer to Hebrews as an example of, um, like they were writing the scriptures there to people that would fall into that category. They they seemed to be in the group of Christian people, but they were actually apostates. They went out from us because they were not of us. Um, But I want to throw this out there. Uh, is John 6 and 37 all the father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out for I have came down from heaven not to do mine own will but the will of him that sent me me. so we are gifts God has given a people to his son um, and it says that all that come to me Jesus is saying all that come to me are mine. The Father has given them to me, and He will certainly not. In no wise is He going to cast them out. So, um, the ones that do leave, it's because they were not. They were like you said, they're apostates. They, they, the the ones that fall away, um, for you know, after making a profession, uh, there's a major difference there between a profession of faith and actually someone who someone who possesses the faith. Yeah. Um, but all that the Father um, has given to Christ are christ um and he says that he will in no wise cast them
1: out and he will raise them up on the last day yeah that's a for sure thing and um he who began a good work in you will finish it to the day of jesus christ is another one philippians yep philippians and there's one all and, six. and there's more verses just a simple verse of scripture john mm-hmm. 3 16 yeah. when it talks about eternal life god only gives one kind of life and it's eternal mm-hmm And if you lose that, you didn't have eternal life.
0: Yeah. Jude uh, 1 and 24 says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So him that is able to keep you from falling is Jesus Christ. And he is the only one that is able to present us faultless before God is Jesus Christ. Because... Um, On the day that we stand before God, we as Christian people, we have been saved. Um, Our life has not been perfect after we were saved, so we still have fault, but the only one that can present us as faultless and not guilty is Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, uh, we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. That's the only thing that gets us into heaven. His blood has washed away our sins. Um, He's basically our lawyer, yeah, he's our mediator. He lets us know that hey, this one's mine. Yeah, and he presents us to God, and that's the only way we get in because of him.
0: Absolutely.
1: I got another verse here, Marcus, that people throw out a lot. Yeah, let's get it. And uh, this is the Matthew twenty four one talk about the great tribulation. <laughs> oh, oh. <uh-oh. laughs> um, I'm just going to read verse twelve into thirteen because it's right in front of it. I think it's much needed because loudness. Lawlessness is increased. Most people's love will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. Now, how many times have you heard this verse pulled out (laughs) and say, Well, you got to endure to the end? He that endures, yeah. He that endures to the end. Yeah. Had to get my King James in there, that endures right there. There you go. But how many times have you heard that used? Yeah. I've heard it used in many sermons when I was growing up as a kid. Yeah,
0: that's one that I've heard, honestly. Uh, more than the hebrews the two verses in hebrews is that this particular verse from matthew is that he that endured to the end they'll say well why would god put that in his word that you have to endure to the end that's that's the you know the oh argument. yeah
1: and and guess what we do have to endure to the end
0: sure but how can we do that by how,
1: the grace of god amen. that's it
0: amen if we can endure in our own self it would be our works that gets us from this life to the next and we know for a fact that Salvation's a gift. It's by grace through faith. It's not
1: of works. Oh yeah, I love this uh, phrase that, or this uh, commentary in the MacArthur MacArthur Study Bible. The one who perseveres at the are the same ones who are saved,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not the ones who love grows cold. This does not suggest that our perseverance secures our salvation.
0: Yeah, it's the The one.
1: Salvation secures the perseverance. Yeah, it's It's backwards.
0: It's the one in John 5 and 24 where Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. It's the one that hears his word and believes him who sent him has eternal life. Yeah. That's who it is. That's it. That's it. That's the one who endures.
1: Yeah. And um, if the only reason why you endure is because God is the one doing the work in you, Mm -hmm. that's the only reason.
0: Yeah. It took God to save you, it'll take God to keep you saved, it'll take God to live every day of your life as a Christian, as a believer.
1: I like what Steve Lawson said the other day. He said the Christian life isn't hard, it's impossible. Yeah. And it is impossible. Just like how salvation is impossible, only God could do it. See, God speaks light into a unconverted vessel that's plagued with nothing but iniquity yeah. and creates faith in their hearts yeah. and regenerates their soul. Their Amen. nature is changed. It's only God that could do it all. Salvation is of the Lord is yeah. what the book of Jonah says. It's all of God. It's nothing... We do to earn it. Nothing we do to keep it. Nothing we can do to get it. It's
0: a gift. It's a gift from God. Did you do anything? If I were to give you this pen here as a gift, did you do anything for me to give it to you? Besides receive it. Besides receiving the gift. That's all you've done. Um, And when we're saved, um, the Holy Spirit enters inside of us and lives each day of our lives. God lives. He lives us, to put it in a term that most of our listeners would be familiar with God lives in us the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and directs us and um, the process of sanctification which is often not talked about in church is um, what happens from the point that a person is saved until they reach glorification they go to heaven is a process of sanctification so it's the in between from salvation to glorification um, where God is working out out working out our salvation as we hear that verse in in hebrew or in philippians it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling uh if you just leave it at that you would think well it's up to us to work it out it's up to us to endure but the very next verse says for it's god who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure
1: oh yes i love this verse right here galatians two twenty. i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ who lives in me in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hey Amen. That right there, <laughs> make for each.
0: Amen. Yeah, so thank God for Jesus. Yes. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that gets us from salvation to glorification.
1: God will not ever fail. And saving one of his elect people. Yeah. He will never fail. Jesus is a perfect Savior. It's impossible for the Son to fail because he's always doing something pleasing for the Father. And it's the Father's will for all that he gives to him. To come.
0: To come. Amen. And they
1: will come.
0: They will come. And he
1: will keep them.
0: Absolutely. He'll keep us from falling and present us faultless before God. And only Jesus can do that. So, um, I know we may have many that li- that listen that disagree with us on this this topic, and that's fine if you do. Um, I would just ask you to present us with scripture that's contrary um, to what we've shared with you here tonight. Uh, we're not trying to pick a fight with anybody. We're just trying to give assurance to believers because something that um, the belief that you can lose your salvation, what that does to our brothers and sisters in Christ that believe that way, it puts a um, it's a burden of work 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 for them um and it it, it really truly robs you of that assurance and that security that we have in christ any comments on that seth
1: i just got one more verse of scripture romans eight yeah uh yeah <laughs> probably the my favorite uh verse or favorite chapter in the Bible wouldn't you say that's probably your favorite yeah
0: 100% my favorite verse you're probably about to read I'd say
1: I just love this right here besides I mean verse 1 is amazing mm-hmm. therefore there is no uh, therefore there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ yeah but I love Romans 8 29 8 30 for those whom he foreknew he also predestined mm-hmm. to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and these whom he predestined he also called and these whom he called he also justified and these whom he justified he also glorified <laughs> Amen I just make you want to take a laugh right there <laughs> yeah. that'll
0: make a what is it what do they say that'll make a Presbyterian, Presbyterian shout <laughs> that'll make a Presbyterian shout I no. mean you have God that's the golden chain of salvation is what that's called yeah
1: the golden chain of redemption it's yeah. it's beautiful when you're justified, you're automatically going to be glorified. Mm-hmm. It's there's all nothing that could stop that. The devil can't stop it. His mm-hmm. demons can't stop it. I can't stop it. Yeah. Nobody could stop it. Yeah. If you have the power to stop it, you're stronger than God pretty much. And There is nobody stronger than the Lord God Almighty.
0: What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Jesus Christ is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Who's going to separate us? Nobody.
1: Nobody. And the answer to Paul's question is nobody. Nobody.
0: He goes on with the list. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Just as it is written, for your sake we are put to death all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all things we are overwhelmingly, we overwhelmingly conquer through him that love us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Yep. Amen. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> All right. You got anything else, Seth, on that? I believe that's it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we we appreciate those that have um, tuned in on a regular basis. Uh, we hope to to gain more of you, um, that we can throw some uh, some Bible truth out there at you.
1: Yeah, and if you guys got any questions or got any other verses that you want to go against this, and, and I say this in love, we'd love to talk to you about it and debate you on it, not in being hateful or anything yeah but we want to teach what the bible actually says and that's our goal here at this podcast
0: yeah we're not going to meet you out in the parking lot and scrap or nothing like that we just, we just want to um uh, to talk the scriptures with you
1: yeah and, in a loving way yeah. i mean like we said earlier our brother we have brothers and sisters who don't believe this doctrine yeah plenty. they're just as saved as you and me and the only difference is we're a little bit more relaxed in this area, honestly. Yeah. Um, we don't worry about losing our salvation. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Right.
0: And we, um, that's, that's the biggest thing for me coming from that background is I want people, um, I don't want people to just see things my way, um, by any means, because there, I'm sure there's a lot of things that I could be wrong on. Um, but I'm not wrong on this and I know it because of the scripture, but I, I want people, um, that struggle with lack of assurance of, Uh, Am I really saved? Have I done something this week that maybe I've lost my salvation? Um, I want you to be able to look at the scripture we've given you tonight and have assurance that Jesus Christ is the perfect Savior. We're the perfect sinners, too. It's worth mentioning that. Uh, We're dead in our trespasses and sins before we're converted. We've broken all God's laws. Uh, The thing that we're best at is sinning, but God sent his son to die in our place, the wrath of God that we still deserve to be poured out on us because of God's holiness. Jesus Christ stood and took our place. Um and He he sealed us um at Calvary when he says it is finished. He he rose on the third day, um and he's coming back. And thank God for that. But we want you to have assurance Uh, knowing that christ is a perfect savior and that you can rest in christ not rest as in be lazy but just trust in christ alone for salvation yeah
1: and through this doctrine you see god is faithful he's the covenant keeping god and honestly it takes a big hindrance off your christian life wondering one day if you're saved and wondering one day you're not Mm -hmm. to know that you're kept by the power of god yeah helps you focus more on preaching teaching and just being a servant for the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Absolutely. You're not looking over your shoulder for God to smack you off into hell at any point no. after you become a Christian. So um, I think that's all we got tonight. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Like Seth said, if you've got any questions or anything, just send those. You can send us a message personally or through the uh, Facebook page, however you want to do that. But tune in uh, next time, and we'll bring another topic. We'll slice it up with the Scripture and, and bring it uh bring it to your attention. So God bless you. Thank you for listening.